Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. What's up, midweek? How y'all doing? Come on, it's Pastor Louis Fulton Campus Pastor. Y'all met my wife, Tina. Come on, didn't she do an amazing job in the giving portion of our segment here in the worship experience? But we did not want to glance over what took place this past Saturday. I asked the team to show the video of Fiercely Famine because we showed it on Sunday, but we had to show it to our midweek because God did something amazing on that day on Saturday. I mean, we had two sold out sessions in the morning and in the afternoon or in the evening. Over 400, over, uh, let me say, over a thousand ladies, 400 in the, um, in the morning, 400 in the evening, 200 logged on online. And you know, ladies don't just watch it just by themselves online, they're inviting friends. So we had over a thousand ladies a part of this fiercely feminine event where God just did some healing and God just did, did a work and just a powerful thing. I mean, honey, what, what'd you think about it? Why don't you tell them something about what, what took place? Yeah, so many things took place at Fiercely Feminine, but what I think what the ladies walked away from is knowing that it's not over yet. It That's is not good. over, yeah. ladies. So, um, And we learned about our boxes and how we need to open up our boxes and share those things inside. And I loved when Pastor Marie talked about our boxes because right now we have connect groups going on. So if you're like, you know, you need to get to a connect group where you can share your box, you can share the very things inside of them, whatever it is that you are dealing with. Because like Pastor Marie said, it is not over. And there are women there at connect groups that want to encourage you and they want to press in with you. They want to pray with you, connect with you, believe with you for all those things that are inside of that box. So um, I believe it's going to be available on YouTube very soon. So keep a lookout for it because you don't want to miss that message. It was so powerful. So many women left encouraged, inspired. We've gotten testimonies just rolling in left and right. How even some women came not knowing anybody and walked away with just knowing a sister, feeling they had community and feeling like they were not alone and that it wasn't over yet. Amen. It was pretty powerful. So many ladies received breakthrough that day. I heard a story about even before a lady came into the building, they were outside of check-in and registration. The lady was in tears because she, because she, she was just overwhelmed by the power of God already out there. We like to say from the streets to the seats and literally she was feeling the power and presence of God out there outside in the parking lot getting checked in and coming on in and then as they left even saw more ladies filled with joy filled with peace filled with love it's just so, so amazing what what took place fellas don't worry though men's conference is coming up and the ladies you know they did an amazing job but they don't quite as do as great as the men when we show up together come on just kidding i mean the, the ladies they kill it all the time but men's conference is coming up uh, be on the lookout for that we're gonna have our time man we're gonna have our time with that being said, um, you know, we have an amazing midweek for you tonight. We're going over the Galatians Bible study. Before we do, we want to honor our lead pastors, Pastor Stein and Pastor Marie. Without them, we would not have the, uh, not be in the position that we are to be able to serve in this manner, in this capacity to you because of their belief in us uh, as men and women of God and, and their belief in you. I know you guys have experienced that, but we on a personal level experienced that and uh, we're able to do what we do because of them. We love you, Pastor Side, Pastor Marie. We honor you and honor your leadership and honor your, your pastoral leadership over this house. Come on, give it up for Pastor Side and Pastor Marie in the comment box. Let them know how much you love them. <laughs> 
happy clap hands, right? Clap hands. Honor my wife. My wife is amazing. Um, you know, a lot of the times when we're up here or when I'm up here, sometimes it's by myself. I, get, I love it when we get to do this together, you know, because, you know, I'm, it's not just me. And every, every time I'm up here, you know, I'm representing my family, my wife and my children, so I honor all of them. But we get to do it together, you and I, and we get to uh, represent our family together, which is cool. Mia, Levi, Cole, my daughter's in the building. Levi and Cole, you're at home behaving. I know you're not fighting with one another. You love each other. Come on. <laughs> and they're paying attention. But um, we love to get to do this. Uh, last week was an amazing time with Pastor Brian and, and Alyssa. They finished off Galatians chapter 3 for us, but we're going to get started in Galatians chapter 4, and we're looking forward to what God is going to do tonight. What are you expecting for God to do tonight? Well, I am definitely expected um, through this study I know a lot of people have just been, um, I feel like a lot of people have just been praying and seeking God and, and believing for those promises to be fulfilled. And some people are just feeling discouraged, like, you know what, God, is that promise ever going to come through? And tonight, I think we're going to finish this Bible study, and you're going to see how God is faithful, and he fulfills every promise. Maybe not right now, maybe not tomorrow, but on his timing, God is going to fulfill his promises because that's who he is. So I'm so excited to jump in and talk about um, all the things Galatians 4 has to offer. Amen. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get to it. We'll get yes. behind the, the table here. And as we're getting behind the table, make sure you grab your, your Bible. Uh, if you got your Bible there, grab your notes. You know, note takers are world shakers. We say that all the time. Pastor Josiah coined that phrase, and we just keep repeating it because <laughs> we know it's true. So we're going to jump in. Uh, we're jumping into Galatians chapter 4, and as we jump in, I just want to let you know where we left off. Again, Pastor Brian and Alyssa ended it um, with Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. It says, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So we're going to be jumping back into that thought, and I want to set it up for you because you're probably ending like we ended on, on Abraham's seed. Who is exactly Abraham. Abraham is who we call the father of our faith. If you look back at Genesis chapter 12, I'm going to read you these scriptures. They'll put it up on the screens for you too. It says in verses 2 to 3, this is, this is the call of Abraham. He says, I will make you into a great nation. This is God speaking to Abraham. And I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Come on, isn't that amazing? Don't y'all want to be have people blessed through you? If they're being blessed through you, that means you're being blessed as well. Amen. So this is the call of Abraham right here. And then you jump in, uh, jump forward in, in Genesis to Genesis chapter 15, a couple chapters more. And this is the promise. Okay, so Abraham first got the call from God. And then now in Genesis chapter 15, he gets the promise. And the promise the call is where um, the promise is to be, be fulfilled through. Okay, the call is to where the promise is to be fulfilled through. And this is what it, what it is in Genesis 15, 5 to 6. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham, Abraham believed the Lord and he credited to him as righteousness. But because he believed the Lord, he was credited to him as righteousness. It was through his faith. His faith in God at that time to believe him, believe God for what he was saying to him, what he was promising to him. You can go on and study Abraham and his life in those chapters if you want a little bit more. But I, I find this very, very uh, um, awesome because this is the seed that we come from, the, the spiritual seed of faith. That if we believe God, then it will be a credit to us as, as righteousness according to our faith. The Bible says, let it be so. Okay, Abraham was the father of our faith. But I do want to point out this. He, Abraham got the call first, 
before he got the promise, okay? Notice that, that the call was there before the promise, and the call of God is different from the promise of God, because sometimes we as believers, we can get that confused, okay? We can get that confused and think, man, the call is the promise, and the promise is the call, and vice versa, and we got to make sure we get that right, because if we don't understand the call, we will never understand the promise. So we have to understand the call first before we can understand the promise, and we never want to mix those up, because then we can lead live a a life uh, you know of a spiritual frustration like come on god i I thought you promised this to me when in actuality no this is what i called you to but the promise i haven't given to you yet or i haven't shown you yet amen because the promises of god are yes and amen so there's promises there but there's promises that he has yet to be revealed to you you may have your call be patient man of god woman of god you may have your call but you may not be seeing the fulfillment of the promise that you have been expecting is because God has yet to reveal it to you. And in this, we're going we're gonna, to uh, realize why so. Why so? Why maybe the promise hasn't been revealed to us yet? The promise is yours, but maybe why it hasn't been revealed to us yet? So here we're going to look into that. I think you had some thoughts. I think you said you had some thoughts on that, that part. No? Not yet? Okay. <laughs> but Abraham, know this, Abraham was driven by the call and not the promise, okay? He was driven by the call and not the promise, and there was an understanding of this first. So back to the thought, continuing into the chapter, um, you know, starting chapter 4, we are children of God through faith and heirs according to the promise, according to the from- promise, heirs, Abraham's seed, come on, can I get an amen, type amen on them. So we're going to go ahead and read now Genesis chapter 4, 1 through 7. We're just going to peel it back like an onion, and maybe some of you will cry. I don't know. Maybe you won't. (laughs) But uh, we're going to peel it back an onion. Uh, We're going to read 1 through 7, and uh, we're going to unpack it and let the Scripture speak. Amen? Amen. You know what? I I didn't pray. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for our Bible study. We put you at the center. Father God, use myself and my wife to speak your word in a way that you have your people understand. May it uh, fall on soft hearts, Father God, and may it grow, may it take root, Father, and grow our faith all together, Jesus. Not our will, but your will. Not our, our language, but your language, Father God. Use us. We are your conduits, Father God. And may tonight bring healing, Father. May increase faith, Father, increase passion in your people, and it may bring salvation in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Why don't you go ahead and start reading? Yes, Galatians 4. What I am saying is that as long as the heir is a child, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. He is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also when we were children, we were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full full rights of sons. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also also an heir. Amen. Amen. Let's focus on... Verse 1 first, what I am saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. Now, here we see a comparison between an heir and uh, uh, an heir being a child and a slave. Basically, they are, are the same, Paul's saying. Um, there's no difference between them, but in essence, there, there is a difference in their destiny because an heir... An heir has rights to the whole estate. 
The Bible's telling us there's no difference between the two, but there's a difference between the destiny. Because when you're a slave, you know, you're, you're held captive, you're held bound, you know, you, you, you only have so much freedom. But an heir, an heir has, has ownership over the promise, has ownership over, over the estate, over, over the blessings, over the things that, that uh, you know, would be one's inheritance. An heir has a legacy. So though the, the, the child and the slave are the same, and this is the only time they're, they're, they're the same, because when a child is a child, you know, how, how are they to be a, 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 um, a person of freedom? Because if you allow them to run in freedom, <laughs> they can hurt themselves. Can I get an amen from all the parents that are out there? An heir has destiny, and Paul's trying to explain that to the church of Galatia, just as he explained it to us right now. So we read these scriptures as eternal, so we receive it right now as he's speaking to us. So under the law, you don't have destiny, but under Christ, you do. We have destiny. That's where, we, what, where the difference is when we're under the law, and then we're, we're under Christ, in Christ. Amen? Let me read you just a few scriptures about your destiny in Christ. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Destiny. Come on. 1 Peter 2.9, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That's you. Come on, type in that's you. Or type in that's me. That's me who God's talking about. The next one, Jeremiah 29, 11. Maybe you heard this because this is said a lot. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Destiny. Destiny, destiny, legacy, legacy, legacy. This is the, the, us as heirs, what we have stepped into according to our faith uh, in Christ. So as heirs, Paul is saying to us, all that we all that, that is us, all that we have, we have that destiny found in Christ. We, can, we can't, and to also know he's speaking to the church of Galatia, so they were, they were young spiritually. So he's speaking to them, you know, in, in, in a young sense, like, yes, you have a, a promise. Yes, you have a destiny, but also from a spiritual standpoint that you are still young in that because they're all new converts. And he was trying to bring them back because they were being taught falsely. And he was trying to tell them, you need uh, to know that, that this is who you are, but understand them according to the parameters of the word of God. But ultimately, you have fullness in Christ and you have a destiny in him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Do you have any thoughts on, on destiny? Amen. Yeah. Well, we're talking about, um, we were talking about promises before this. And um, it's so funny because you're talking about children and how, <laughs> how many times as children you have to tell them time, things multiple times. I don't know about you, but my children, I have to tell them multiple times. Sometimes I don't know why I have to yell for them to like do things. Or you do like the whole mom rock. I don't know if you guys like do this, but you're like, I'm about to get up, but you don't really get up all the way because they get scared and they scatter like little roaches, you know, to do what they're supposed to do. They're not roaches, though. <laughs> they yeah, just scatter. They scatter. They get scared. Anyways, but um, you have to tell them twice, you know, and we're talking about Abraham. And when we go back to um, when Pastor Louis had said, if you don't understand your call, you will never understand your promise. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 7, you know, um, he tells them in that verse, they're going to move to that verse right now. It says, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he tells him. So he built an altar there to be 
<laughs> I can't like speak. <laughs> An altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. So that was Genesis 12, 7. Then again, let's go to Genesis chapter 24, verse 7. And then he tells them again, you know, I will surely, is that that? I'm not there yet. 24, chapter 24, verse 7. I think they're going to be there. I'm Pastor Josiah. I'm going to be there. I'm waiting. They're going to be there right now. Two seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Anyways, okay. He repeats himself. Oh, there we go. There we go. The Lord, <laughs> the Lord, the God of heaven, who brought me out of my father's household and my native land and who spoke to me and promised me an oath saying, to your offspring, I will give the land. He will send his angel before you so that you can get a wife for my son there. So again, Abraham was a man of faith. So we know he's a man of faith. We know all these things about him. But God had to continuously tell him, hey, your offspring, I promise you, you're going to, you know, I promise you, your offspring are going to be blessed. And there's going to be so many that, you know, that you're going to see the stars in the sky are going to be sons and daughters, all this stuff. And then in Genesis 22, chapter 22, verses 17 through 18. I love how he says, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And then he says, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. See, God doesn't break his promises. Our disobedience breaks his promises. Because in here he says in verse 18 that his promises we will be blessed because we have obeyed him. And just like our kids, just like our children, they are destined, like, they are destined to get things, right? We want to bless our children. Yep. I yep. love blessing our children. There's nothing that blesses me more than buying them the things that they like. Like, I went to Target the other day, and I saw this thing for my daughter, and I was like, man, I want to get this for her because I know she's going to love it. We want to bless them. And that's how our Heavenly Father is. He wants to bless us. He wants to, he promises these things. Like, as parents, like, I'm like, hey, I promise you, I'm going to get you this. But I got to see you fulfill the things and, know, you know, be obedient as children and follow the rules. Follow Our kids have chores, right? If they, get, if they yep. do their chores, they get allowance, you know. And so we keep our promise like, hey, you're going to get an allowance, but they got to obey and they got to do the chores. Amen. Can I get all the parents go a little hand emojis? Come on. And then um, we'll see. You'll see your offspring be blessed. So God wants to, to bless all the offspring. Amen. I love that because I, I put this in my notes because I said here that um, I like how Paul's likening it to a child uh, underage. So he's likening it to a child as to a slave, but a child has an, an estate, has, has claims to an estate, um, the whole estate, you know, the inheritance, the destiny, the legacy, all that. Um, and, you know, there's sometimes things that we can't give our children because they're not ready for it yet. So talking about call and promise, you know, you have to understand the, the call, um, you know, so that you can understand the promise. And I mentioned that earlier, but, but uh, our children have to understand that too. So like for my son, uh, right now we're in the process of, of knowing that we're going to get a second car. So the, sec the, the, the vision behind this, the second car, of course, is to have a second car. But, uh, but um, what's behind that is like in a couple years when my, my older son you know, gets his permit, starts driving, he, and he fulfills certain things, you know, uh, certain, certain uh, an effort level at, at, at schooling or, or what have you around the house, then he's going to inherit this car. But we're going to get this car before he's ready to inherit it. But because he is not going to be ready for it when we get it. 
because he hasn't, he hasn't taken his permit test yet. He hasn't uh, practiced driving yet. He hasn't uh, taken a driver's test yet or gotten a driver's license yet because he's not ready for it yet. I could give him the car before all of that, but to him, it would do more damage than it would any good. He may be happy for a little while as my child, as my son, but the next day, I'm not prophesying this or anything like this, but he can go get in an accident or something because he doesn't know how to handle the promise. And I believe what, what Paul was trying to show us here, there's, you know, there's a call of God on our life and there's certain parameters in which we have to function in according to the principles of the word of God to receive the full promise of what God has for us. Because the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3.1, there's an appointed time for everything. And for us as believers, there is an appointed time. Appointed time where God's going to release things and the appointed time when God's going to uh, uh, remove things. But, but the promises of God are yes and amen according to 2 Corinthians 1.20. So the promises you never have to doubt. It's like my wife said, when we, when we tell them about allowance, we're gonna, we promise that we're going to give you an allowance when you do your work or when you do, and do your things around the house. God's the same way. He says, you've been called to great things. You've been called to, 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 to fulfill uh, certain things in your life, to see your life blessed, to see your children blessed, to see your, your, your grandchildren blessed, to see all these things blessed. But before I can release those promises, there's certain steps that you have to take. Now, this, now please don't mistake this for a faith-based uh, type of thing here that I'm trying to explain. What I am trying to explain, though, there's certain principles that we've got to follow to see the promises of God you know, unlocked in our life. Because God's just like any other parent, you know, he, he has laid out his word. He has laid out a foundation for us and a path to follow. And, and, and when we do that, he releases things. Can I get an amen? amen? As a child of God, you have a destiny. OK, but we have to understand the, the, the call to understand the promise to get to that destiny. Amen. amen. All right. Let's move on to, to verse two. The Bible says that in Genesis 4, 2 says the heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. And I love this. Uh, let me just read the scriptures as well. Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. I love that scripture. One of my favorite scriptures. I love quoting that. First Corinthians 14, 33, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. As in all the congregations, congregations meaning churches, come on, of the Lord's people. So we are learning here that God is a God of order. In verse 2, it says, The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time is set by his father. So uh, God will set certain, certain leaders, certain pastors, certain, certain uh, uh, elders, certain, certain uh, directors, certain coaches, certain teachers, certain people over our life so, so that we can be raised up in our faith and have a spiritual growth among us so that we're not just staying spiritually. And, and um, this may sound heavy, but I don't know how, how else to contextualize this. But spirit, So we don't stay spiritually immature, meaning that when we give our life to Christ, that's all we know. Because that's not where God wants to keep us. God is a God of growth, and he wants us to continue growing spiritually. So when we gave our life to Christ, there were other steps that he wanted us to take. And I'm not talking about the steps to get into the building and just sit in the chair. I'm not talking about the step of just logging on online. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about further steps to further your relationship with God, to grow as a man of God, to grow as a woman of God, to grow in these areas of life. Because God is a God of order and he's a God of growth. And he wants our lives to be ordered. So typically when we step into the salvation knowledge of Jesus Christ and step into relationship, there's certain things that we have to put in order in our life. And so, so by very um, 
definition of just spiritual immaturity, I guess you can say. Um, we, we're stepping into that the moment we accept Christ because there's certain things in our life that we have to mature spiritually so that we can continue to grow in Christ. Amen? Amen. So this is what Paul's sharing. He's sharing the order of life to us as an heir. So we're heirs, we're sons, we're daughters, we have destiny, there's promises out there for us, but we have to follow the order of life. We have to, have to step in the things of God so those things can be unlocked so that we can step into the full destiny of who God, is, uh, God, God has for our life. Our lives should reflect the order of God in it. God is a God of order. Come on, go ahead and type that in the comments. God is a God of order. And just like a child or an heir in the home, a child is not allowed, and I said this earlier, not, to, not allowed to govern themselves himself because they don't have the ability to take care of themselves. And, and, you know, and, and going back to this analogy just with what we shared, um, it's important that we as believers are mature enough to understand the call of God on our life so that we can handle the promises of God in our life in a way that is honoring to him. Amen? You have any thoughts on that, my love? No, I think it just kind of goes back to uh, what I shared in um, our time of generosity as, you know, um, when, we, when we teach these principles, as we're talking about heirs and, and um, we're talking about parenting, for those who are parents, maybe one day, and then, like I said, you're going to be a parent. You know, we see those things unlock in your children's life, like um, the things that we instilled in, in our daughter then because of that, we got to see God fulfill his promises in her life and open doors of just opportunity because of order. You know, um, it's so awesome to see that that um, just in her young age of 19, I just can see wisdom and not just because of me as, as her parent. Like I have all this wisdom to just like download into my daughter because she seeks God. She seeks mentorship. She seeks accountability. She seeks our pastors. You know, we have Pastor Tom, Pastor Jeff who are our youth pastors, you know, she goes after them for accountability to pour into her and she allows that correction into her life. And with the correction, you see growth. I like, I think pastor, uh, he taught us this recently about, you know, there's a difference between goals and growth, you know, goals you achieve, you know, and it's something that you achieve right away if you make a goal, but growth is constant, you know, and so when you come on under and you come in an order, there's always going to be a place of growth. You know, I never, we never want to be the same in the same place. You never should be a place of comfortability in your walk with God. If you are comfortable, it's because you're not challenging yourself. You know, there's got to be new things. You need to either read new books. You got to read more. You got to pray more. You got to fast more. Whatever those things are, that's between your your prayer life and you got to seek God in that. But there's order. There's pastors. There's leaders. There's um, people in the church who are here to, to uh, uh, um, uh, uh, teach you those things. They have all that wisdom, you know, and and that's where I like to go back to Firstly Feminine, how Pastor Marie, like, we want to close up our box and, and not share it. And we don't want people to know what's really going on. But once we open our box and allow people to know those things, they can believe with us. We don't have to keep it all to ourselves and, and isolate all those things because we're embarrassed because we don't want people to know what's really going on. You know, um, enough with that, you know, enough with, with, with trying to, to keep it all to ourselves. Go to a man of God. Go to a woman of God who is just going to encourage you and believe with you. I could not be the woman of God I am today if I didn't have sisters that I could just call mentors, spiritual leaders, Pastor Marie to be like, 
man, you know, I can't do this on my own. This is my box. I'm sharing right now my vulnerability, and I need you to help pull me out of that, you know. And with that, you know, I've been pulled out so many times, so encouraged by our pastors and, and not even just pastors, but like I'm saying, like at connect groups by other women of God, even young people, you know. I'm not too, I'm not too old to learn from young people. You know, they can teach us so much as well. I love learning from different age groups, different, dem- different um, cultures. Just, just learn or be a learner. Be willing to be a, uh, um, held accountable and be willing to be open to just receiving and receiving correction. You know, um, uh, those, I would tell you, correction has been uh, tough at times, but it's honestly been the thing that, uh, that has grown me the most in my walk with God. And that, those things like correction and, and we, I, you know, I know some people don't like to hear that stuff, but that's just a part of discipleship and just all the development of, uh, you know, of who you are as a man of God and as a woman of God um, to help you understand the call of God in your life. Um, but, you know, a lot of people like to understand the good, the good stuff. Like, I want to hear the good stuff, the encouraging stuff, the stuff that's going to build me up. But, but um, they think that, and then when it comes time for the, the, the correction side of it, the, 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 maybe even a little bit of the rebuking, like, no, 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 you shouldn't be doing that, and they tend to shy away. But all of that, all of that is there to help you un, uh, understand the call of God on your life so that you can unlock the promises of God on your life. And, um, you know, at this time, Paul was speaking to the people of Galatia, and he's trying to do that for them. He was giving them correction. He wasn't just over there just playing patty cake with them and say, hey, let's have a good time. You know, the, the promises of God are yes and amen. But he was also, as we've been reading and we've been studying, Paul's bringing correction, and at times he's also rebuking them. And uh, we all these, we need all this, all of us, at certain stages of our life. You know, we need the teaching, the correction, the rebuking, the training, as the, as the Bible says in the book of Timothy. Um, and, and that's what we need to develop uh, as a, a man of God, and as a woman of God. So we need this. So going back to the verse 2, it says, guardians and trustees bringing order. People who are overseers, people who are leaders, um, like pastors, directors, leaders, elders in the church, discipleship. We all need discipleship at every stage of our life. Like I'm continually being discipled. My wife's continually being discipled. Pastor Sa himself, um, you know, and as well as the rest of the leaders in our church. No one is to a point where like, man, I'm so spiritually mature. I'm good to go. No, we all need this. We all need this. And how we do it at, at Freedom House, because, you know, I want to I give you a place where, where you can go to. The way we do this is through our simulation. We have starting point. First and foremost, if you're logged on in here, uh, maybe it's your first or second time and or maybe you've, been, you've come one time um, and you're trying to still figure out if this is your church home. Uh, every believer is to have a church home. Uh, for us to help you identify if this is your church home, we have that starting point where you can meet our lead pastors and they can tell you about Freedom House, where we're headed, and how you can grow in the things of God. And you can decide, like, hey, I want to make this my church home. And then when you make your, this your church home, then you take the next necessary steps so that you can, can grow as a man of God and as a woman of God. So we have Grow Track where you can discover your purpose, where you, where you can discover your, your gifts and, and your, in your talents and how you can serve in the house of God and, and all these things. So these, we have these steps to help aid you in the, in, 
in your direction so that you can be who God has called you to be, so that you can unlock that call of God on your life and unlock those promises of, uh, of God in your life. And then also with connect groups too, because the Bible tells us that iron sharpens iron. So you, you not only need leaders and, and pastoral leadership, you need those things, but you also need brothers and sisters who are traveling with you along the same direction to sharpen each other because your friends will challenge you. Come on, somebody. They'll challenge you to be better. Okay, that you know you, you don't want the friends that are going to challenge you to. So I dare you to to, to drink that you know in, in less than thirty seconds <laughs> type of thing, and then you're throwing up afterwards. You, that's not the, that's not what I'm talking about. about talking spiritually, challenge you. Yup, you were given attitude. Yup, you were out of line. Yup, you know you did this, or and then also on the flip side, yup, you did a great job right there. You know you you did an awesome. Uh, job right there in prayer. You did a great job reading that scripture in, in the connect group. You did, you did a make, you know, those type of things. You, we need all these things to help us be, be that. Amen. So, uh, you know, we encourage you to, to follow one of those paths wherever you're at, Starting Point, Grow Track, or Connect Groups, but to get in, involved because that's going to help you to understand the call of God in your life and then unlock those promises of God in your life. Amen. Galatians chapter 4, verse 3 to 5. Let's read this. So also when we were underage, talking, as, talking to us as, as children spiritually, we were in slavery under uh, the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. And I love this. I'm going to focus on this. So he's talking about Jesus coming. Paul's saying Jesus came at the right time. When the set time had fully come, the Bible says Jesus didn't come late. He didn't didn't come early. Jesus came at the right time. Have you ever felt like, man, I think Jesus is late. I think God's late. I think he's, you know, no one ever really complains about him being early. But sometimes you might be complaining like, man, is he going to show up? Let me tell you and let me encourage you. God is always on time. God is always on time. You continue to be obedient. You continue to get into your word. You continue to pray. You continue to serve. You continue to get to connect. You continue to do the things that God is calling you to do and, and, and to, to, to build up your family and build up your home and build up your spouse and do all those things. You continue to honor God in, in, in your workplace. You continue to honor God in your schooling over Zoom. And your high schoolers come on I'm talking to you. Uh, you know, junior hires, all these things. You continue to do those things. And then you will see at the appointed time, he will show up for you. Um, you know, you may have been believing for quite some time. You may be thinking it's too late, but he's not late. He is always on time. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3, 8 through 9, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. Can I get an amen right there? As some understand slowness, instead he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So he wants us all on the right direction, all on the right path, so that he can release the power of God, the blessing, or whatever it may be that you believe for at the right time, his perfect time, into your life. Amen? amen. You have any thoughts? Yeah, definitely. Um, recently, somebody I was having this conversation with somebody about this, and... Um, I had just told him, you know, just focus on, on your race. Just focus on your lane. You know, when uh, my daughter ran track, so I've been tons of track meets, okay, <laughs> and running and races and things like that. 
And every time they went, and she went to a race, you know, the whole goal was to PR, which means personal record. You know, yes, you're racing against others, but ultimately you're racing against yourself. You're always trying to beat, outbeat yourself and be better than your last race. You know, so as Christians, we need to be our, be focused on our race. We have to be focused on our finish line. There's going to be people, they're running their race, and that's great for them. And it's good that you have competitors that you can look at and say, wow, they're awesome. But you know what? I'm going to focus on me, and I'm going to run my personal best. I'm going to give my God my best. And I got to train so I could be a better version of me. And what does that mean when you train? I remember sometimes, um, I remember her training, and one of her things was because she uh, ran the 1600, which is four laps. And so one of her things was some of her friends had a faster kick, which means that that 100 last, that 100 meters at last, they could just kick really fast. They can sprint. And that wasn't her strength. But she knew that if she took off at 200 meters, they would not be able to catch up. You know, so she would just strengthen herself on that and knew, like, where do I got to get better in my race so I could be a better version of me? And that's what we got to do. We got to stop focusing on how other people are running and strengthen ourselves. Do the training. Do, like he said, we got to keep reading our word. We got to keep, you know, pressing and going to connect groups. We got to, you know, whatever, serve, you know. Maybe some people, I feel like some people are like, I'm not serving yet. You got to serve. You got to get in the house and start serving. Serve online. You know, the son of, of son of God did not come to be served, but to serve, you know. And so um, just continue to just stay focused. Run your race. What's that scripture? I always, uh, I'm terrible at memorizing sometimes that you run your race with perseverance. Oh, my gosh. I have that heart knowledge, but that mental <laughs> knowledge of that scripture. Thanks for putting me on, on you know. On the spot in front of everybody here. <laughs> you know he's, always, he's always good at memorizing stats. He's really good at memorizing up. stats for fantasy football. And <laughs> I always tell, I like to tease him. I'm like, because I'll ask him to do stuff like, oh, can you take out the trash? And he'll forget. But I was like, but man, you know who got traded yesterday. You know all the football stats. Come on, I ladies. I love sports. Can I, I don't know tell you. Well, specifically football. My son, too. He acts like he doesn't remember. But he knows everybody on, I don't know, the Dodgers and all MLB. I don't know. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's too funny. But going back to your thought, I want to go back to your thought because uh, my wife's so right. You know, it's very easy to compare ourselves to someone else. But the moment we do that, we put a cap on ourselves. We put a limit on ourselves because once we reach what, um, you know, what we're comparing ourselves to, then what's next? There's nothing else that's next because it's like, man, I'm doing better than that person. You know, so, so why do I need to do more? So when you measure yourself against, your, uh, against yourself... Like, man, am I doing this better today than I did yesterday? Then there is no limit to the potential of God that, that he has for you on your life that you can reach. But that comes from just looking within. And it's very easy to look outwardly and think, like, man, I'm better off than that person. And let me just say it like this, because if you look outwardly, yeah, you will find people that you're probably doing a little bit better off, off then. Okay? And, and you will find uh, um, justification for for, for your thought of like, man, I just need to reach, you know, be better than that person and, and feel satisfied. But, but uh, being satisfied with, you know, how you're doing compared to someone else, it's going to lead you to a place of complacency in how you are as a man of God or as a woman of God. You don't want to be at a place of complacency because, uh, um, because God has, has never destined you to be at a place of complacency. Remember what I said, God is a God of order. He's a God of, 
He's a God of growth, and he wants you to continually be growing in the things of God. Now, going, going over here into, into verse 5, it says adoption to sonship. And I love this because Paul understood that the Roman custom of adoption was where adopted sons and daughters were given absolutely equal privileges in the family and equal status as heirs. So as we as believers are given equal privilege in the family of God and equal status as heirs. So that's what it means when we're adopted into the family of God. And, and I love it because your, your family, you can't choose what family you're born into. You can't choose that. But, but, but here God is saying that I have chosen you as, because I've adopted you into the family of God. So he chose you with all your mess up, all your baggage, all those things, you know, but, and, and, and everything that, that, that comes along with you, the full package of who Louis is, the full package of who Tina is, he chose us. He chose us, which is so powerful that God chose you. Go ahead and type in the comments, says, God chose me. Put that in there in the comments. God chose me. Because he chose you, you have access to all that he has to offer. Come on, somebody. Everything that this word Every promise in this word is for you because he chose you. He chose you. He has adopted you into the family of God through your faith in Jesus Christ. Type amen. That is so powerful right there. That is so powerful right there. Okay, we only got a few minutes left. I want to read you these last two scriptures, verses 6 through 7. The Bible says, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also his heir. And I love this. Okay, so let me read to you another spot where where Abba Father is mentioned in Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Somebody say, that's me. Come on, that's me. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves. Come on, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself testify with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So the scripture says he is Abba, Father. We cry out Abba, Father. And Abba, Father literally means daddy. Like that's the intimacy of our relationship with, with Christ when, when, we, when we come to him. When we are, are uh, by faith, uh, you know, have, uh, been, been, have come into relationship with, with who he is, have accepted the work of the cross, have, has accept, have accepted those things, um, you know, the, 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 that we literally are a family and we literally have a father that is personal. That's pretty much what it's saying. And that's the point I want to get here is that God is personal with you to the point where you can call him daddy. And I, and I know, um, you know, there, you may have been raised in a home where maybe you didn't have a father figure there or maybe the father figure wasn't exactly what you expected it to be or was a, a misrepresentation of what a father should be. But I'm here to tell you that you have a heavenly father, a father that is perfect, a father that is awesome, a father that is gracious, a, God, a father that is loving, a father that wants the best for you, a father that wants to bless you, a father that, that wants to be in your life, a father that doesn't want to let you go through life alone, a father that wants to be with you every step of the way. That is our heavenly father, our Abba father, our daddy. That is who he is.
that, he, that is who he is to us. And as heirs, we can call him that. We can call him Abba Father. So I know in the beginning, my wife shared about, you know, I asked her, like, what does she expect? And she, was, she, she said certain things that, that maybe you're in the position that you're in of maybe, or maybe you're just not expecting. Let's just put it that way. Maybe you're not expecting anything right now. You just logged on because maybe you thought it was a good idea. A friend just told you like, hey, check this out. And you're like at your wit's end. I'm here to tell you that God loves you. He cares about you. He cares about you so much. And he has so much destiny on you. There's a promise that he has for you. And there are things that he's called you to. He wants you to understand what that call is so those promises can be unlocked. But first, it's found in Jesus. When you step to him in faith, you become engrafted into the family of God as a child of God, as an heir of God, an heir to the estate, as we read in the scriptures, an heir to everything that he has set aside for us, not by works, but by faith. Because it's through faith that it is so. According to your faith, let it be so, the word says. We come to him, and once we come to him, we, we, we step fully into that. So maybe you're here and you're realizing, man, I don't know if I even qualify myself for that. And the truth is, you probably don't. Just like I don't. But we're not qualified by our works it is through our faith it is through the work of the cross that God has qualified us when we accept the work of the cross we step into everything that God has for us everything under heaven that he has for us that is what we step into that is what we step into At this time right now, I want you, wherever you're at, just, just, I want you just to stand to your feet, and I'm going to have my wife pray for you right now, and then once you finish prayer, we're going to sing a song of worship, but I really want us just to, just stand in the presence of God right now, as a son, as a daughter, and do everything you can to understand that you are an heir to every single thing that he has set aside for you. If lies have come your way trying to tell you that you can't step into the, into the things of God, into the blessings of God because of what, you, what, what took place in your past, I want you right now just to release that to God as my wife prays because I want you to know that in him his promises are yes and amen. Go ahead, honey. Why don't you go ahead and pray. Lord Jesus, we just come before you tonight, Father. Lord Jesus says, heirs to you, my King. Our King, our Abba Father. Lord Jesus, I just pray for every person, Lord Jesus, who just don't even feel worthy to be an heir. Maybe they didn't have a father. Maybe they didn't have a mother growing up, Lord Jesus. Maybe they don't have one now, Father. But I just pray, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for you, God. For you are our perfect father, Lord Jesus. You are our daddy, Lord Jesus, our king, God. Oh, we just thank you, God. You are the alpha. You are the real omega, Father God. You are a restorer. You are a redeemer, Lord Jesus. You are our savior, God. Oh, Lord Jesus, you have, you have fulfilled every promise, Lord Jesus, and you will continue to fulfill every promise, Lord Jesus. 
Maybe we won't see it in our lifetime, but we will see it in our legacy, Lord Jesus. We will see every promise fulfilled to us, Father God, and we will not give up, Lord Jesus. We will not keep pressing through. We will not keep digging. We will not be, we will be like the woman with the issue of blood, God. We will continue to seek after you, Father. We will press through the crowd. We will not be stopped, Lord Jesus, for we are unstoppable as we pursue you, Father. Oh, Lord Jesus, we just thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord Jesus, God. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, for this word, Lord Jesus, that you have just given us today, Father. As heirs, Lord Jesus, your children, God. So I just pray, Lord Jesus, that anything that you have spoken to us, God, that we just obey, Lord Jesus. Just obey the words that you have given to us, God. Just be obedient, Lord Jesus, so we could just see every promise fulfilled in us and through us. In Jesus' almighty name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet wherever you're at, and let's just sing this song of worship to him right now. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.